You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everyone. Chunks and a hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I'm your chunk. I'm Doge, and a few times in my life I've seen things. I've been tortured with voodoo. I've been shot nine times, including once by your father. But I've been looking for chunk all my life. That's really good. And I'm Carter, and I miss the desert. I miss the sea. I miss waking up every morning wondering. What wonderful hunk the new day will bring us. A mine. They call it <laughs> That's a all you mine. Have to do. Gimli got Scottish there for a second in the middle I of know, that. I know, I couldn't remember. I know he's got British. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, Carter, why are you the hunk? I'm oh. the hunk. Uh, oh, yeah, Carter, why are you the hunk? I got a haircut as, I, as I have for many years in my life. There was a while where I wasn't getting them, but I got them again. But I got a haircut, mm. and I realized at the end of the haircut, even post-seeing myself in the mirror, because the mirror is a tricky alternate reality, um, that I my hair was parted differently. It's parted the opposite direction of what I've been parting my hair for, uh, or how I've been parting my hair for some, some 34 years now. And it's, it's bizarre. Wow. It's kind of given me some interesting introspective approaches to my life. Because to me, everything has changed. The natural, realizing how much I will naturally like put my hand up and try and run my fingers through my hair, except it feels against the grain now. And I have to train the other half of my body, the other arm to do that. And so it, it, it's completely different to me. Thus, I expect everyone else to see me differently. But no one has noticed. I brought it up to a couple of people and they hadn't noticed. And, and from that point on, I was like, I'm not going to say anything. And nobody's, like, if anyone says something seems different, it's just because I got a haircut. It's not because I part it a different way. Yeah. Mm. When's the last time you guys parted your hair? As I see these two, uh, these two b- buns, these man, beautiful man buns at the back of your head. I mean, it's got to be… I would never get out of the shower. Two, two years? Yeah. I mean, I guess technically I part it while I brush it. I only brush my hair right before I take a hair wash shower. Because if I brush my hair otherwise, it just turns into like a fluff ball. Yeah. It's the curse of the waves. It's It's the curse of the waves. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've parted it. And I can imagine… That changing the direct because my I, my part typically historically I go from right to left, going from left to right. Here's what I think would happen, which I'm actually noticing on you now that you brought it up. Now that you've cracked the the lens for me and I can see, see clearly. Interesting. Uh, volume. You have so much more volume going this other direction, other Carter. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. interesting. It's like it was how it was always meant to be. Yeah. This and is like what you I sleep wanted. on the left side. Wow. Right? So now my sleeps don't really affect… I'd hardly move at all. Interesting. Now my sleeps don't, don't even really have to shower affect anymore. my hair. No. Yeah. Carter, my call me crazy, but for some reason changed. I thought you slept on your back with your arms folded like a vampire. That was… Yes. That was before mm. I was married. You did? That was also… Okay. Uh, okay. I did used to do yeah. that. I would just kind of like… Yeah. <laughs> like would, an uh, entombed king. Yeah. yeah. I had been doing that for some 2,000 to- to- years. Toot and Carter. Yeah. And… <laughs> Yeah, and that was back when I snored pretty bad too. But I've been able to health my way out of a bad snoring habit. Well, Look at him. And also Look at him my go. side helps with that. So I just did for you. I, I still just never move. That's why our big dog who sleeps yeah. with us, 80-pound dog, is always on my side. Because I'm not going to, you know, rustle the leaves at all. I'm not going to mess that yeah. stuff up. She likes it just still. I call my cat big dog all the time. That's what not, there's dog. no, it's not a joke. I just call my cat. 
Big dog or puppy or good dog. I refer to my cat almost exclusively as a dog to his face all the time. Good dog. I might, good I might start calling Nana pretty kitty. <laughs> That's pretty good. I fun. like that. Yeah. I like pretty that. Pretty kitty. What a big dog. I say that to Bruce all the time. What a big dog. Yeah. I just like it's yeah, a compliment. I give my dog the name of a different animal. So he's already yeah, he's gone. He's not going to ever learn what he is. No. He'll have no idea. Yeah, Doge, by the way, I love, I love your backdrop for today. I guess we haven't even said the name of the movie. We should say the name of the movie. Uh, the movie we're reviewing today um, by popular demand is Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones and, and the, the Dial, Dial of Destiny. Destiny. Oh boy, I can't talk about this movie without a synopsis from Doge. And maybe even then. Doge, will you give us a synopsis, please? This week's synopsis from IMDb has no author, which means, of course, that it's been entombed beneath an ancient city since time immemorial. (laughs) Experience the return of legendary hero Indiana Jones in the fifth installment of this beloved swashbuckling series of films. Finding himself in a new era, approaching retirement, Indy wrestles with fitting into a world that seems to have outgrown him. But as the tentacles of an all-too-familiar evil return in the form of an old rival, Indy must don his hat and pick up his whip once more to make sure an ancient and powerful artifact doesn't fall into the wrong hands. This one was authorless, you said? Yes. Man, I could have used a Nick Raganis here big time just to help me I know. sort of piece together. I know. Maybe Nick hasn't seen it yet. This film. Uh, should we start the discussion by talking about the second movie in this movie or the first 30-minute movie in this movie? Which movie should we start talking about? <laughs> um, actually, let's let's go ahead and say, we'll do, let's call it 10-minute spoiler-free just because it's Indiana Jones. So if you've seen one, you've seen them all. Uh, yeah. Let's call it 10-minute spoiler-free. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we'll we'll open up the spoiler sectione and uh, get after it. But um, can we give impressions? If, you know? Let, Why don't you start? Yeah, so I went into this not wanting to see it because the trailer looked bad. And do you like Indiana wanting, Jones? As I do. A franchise? I, like, like I love. First, yeah. I love the first three movies specifically a lot. Um, specifically Raiders, and I have a weird soft spot for Temple of Doom, even though it's sort of out there. Um, but I grew up watching Temple of Doom quite a bit. I like it. Um, I when I think Indiana Jones, I think. Um, specifically like the bug hallway that we kind of got a call back to here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm-hmm. crouching while we watch the Kalima through the chest yeah, yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that stuff. It's, a, it's yeah. great. It's really good. Um, I really do like Indiana Jones. I did not care for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And this trailer looked bad to me and bummed me out because of how old Harrison Ford is. Um, and I will say the movie itself was better than I expected going in. Um, my impressions were uh, probably that this would be like a five out of 10 and I would give it like a confident six out of 10, I think for me Um, on a number scale. Don't want to give my scientific scale away, but man, I really struggled. I, I, I found this movie super boring about half for half the runtime, like incredibly boring. And um, between Polar Express, Indiana Jones running on top of the train with maybe the worst CG I've ever seen in the last five yeah, years. That was pretty bad. That was pretty um, bad. It was extremely tough. But it's like, then it's like I weigh it against real life ancient Harrison Ford trying to pretend to run. And it's like, oh man, what is what is worse? The CG yeah. Yeah. amalgamation of what a human might be running on top of a train or this old man power walking while his arms swing wildly and duck his shoulders to pretend that he's running, which one's worse? And I think the answer is both worse. Both is worse. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know, man. This movie was a tough watch for me, but at the same time, I liked it more than I expected. So I'm I'm torn. I'm torn here. Yeah. I enjoyed Dial of Destiny. I really did. And the thing too is I had I had a same Harrison Ford moment, especially when we don't want to get into too many details, but this is no sure. spoiler at all. Sal, him and Salah run, <laughs> and it was just like <laughs> yeah. when they run together, it was just like I it was like I all the the oldest house and all the it's creaking like, doors. I'm sorry, is this the bucket list? But yeah, overall, I think seeing Harrison <laughs> Ford old play the roles that he plays, they've never really demanded a ton of him. I think it's going to be different than seeing like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger try and come back and make a movie. 
when what we've seen before yeah. was just such superhuman feats um, that it doesn't really fit. But I think it was fine to see Harrison old. And honestly, Harrison Ford is a renowned, awful runner in the first place. You know, I challenge you to go see <laughs> right. A New Hope, and he already looks like he doesn't exactly know actually a really how to do it. Point. His whole body is as grumpy as his spirit, and it just kind of <laughs> yeah, reacts against gravity and hates That's gravity. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed it. I, I And I am yeah. not really as much in a debate anymore. You know, what's tough is, is those first three that happened over a span, I think of like eight years— Raiders yeah. of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. Temple of Doom, and then the Last Crusade. There's just something about the time that you, it's not, even if you did exactly what you did in those movies, it doesn't feel the same. Yeah. That needed to happen right. in the 80s. You know, it just, you just can't. Agreed. There's going to be, I don't know if you've heard, there's going to be like a remake of Roadhouse soon with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, and like there's exciting what? things. Yeah, there's exciting what? things about it, but it's like, it's just not, you can't get that back. You can't get that time frame back. Yeah, but I, I have will no say, connection overall, to the in terms of my separate experiences with, with really with Temple of Doom and Dial of Destiny, I enjoyed the movie Dial of Destiny, honestly, more than Temple of Doom. If I was to rank it, as, as we seem to do with mm. franchises that maybe get three or more installments to rank those, I think Dial of Destiny is right in the middle for me. I think it's just That's above fair. Temple of yeah. Doom, even though it doesn't give me, you know, the, the Dr. Jones moments of the world, the things that are already, there's not going to be things in Dial of Destiny that happen like 20 or 30 years from now, we're quoting. No, you just can't no, do that. No, no. But right. that's just because right. we came back. There's also, honestly, not a ton of quotes that you're going to get from Top Gun Maverick. It's all Top right. Gun, you know? Right. And so Agreed. there's yeah. always that thing that you walk in with that feels a little bit upsetting. But yeah, in terms of measuring worth, it felt worth it. I, I was glad that I went to see it. I'm glad I saw it in theaters. Because there was a lot that yeah. still felt like old indie. Can uh, I rather than like there was old indie that fit really well? Can I before <laughs> before we hear from Doge what he thought, can I tell you something that I've been thinking of since leaving the theater? I can't tell if this will upset you or not. I really don't know. I thought about what would it look like to truly reboot Indiana Jones. Um like maybe from scratch, or maybe like a no, I think from scratch. Because I think I would want this person to play. Dr. Jones, if we have to do it. I'm not saying it's a good idea or that I'm rooting That's for it to happen. It's an awful idea. Yeah. But if we have to do it, do you know who I think could pull this off? Hmm. Charlie Cox. Yeah. I think so. I just he think that he has that, he can play exhausted and interested at the same time, which is, I think, the major prerequisite for Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is to be just so tired, but also so invested in what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, it, and I think he's believable as a subject matter expert in everything. Yeah. 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 Totally. I agree. Yeah. I can see that. I feel that. That's good. I can totally see that. It's tough. You know, like, and it's, I just don't want that to happen to Harrison Ford anymore. The fact no. that no. we made up, someone else played Han Solo is just should have never happened. That I agree with. Yeah. Even though I've come around know, on Alden Ehrenreich quite a bit and I do like him. Sure. I like him as yeah, an actor. I think it, he was he miscast actually, in that role. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, Indiana Jones and Han Solo come up pretty often in like both in like top 20 of like greatest movie characters of all time. Yeah. So for, yeah, Harrison Ford, I had a, a fun argument. Mike Troza, who's been on the podcast before, I think the, the question's transformed. And sometimes it's just to meet the, the needs of the person making the argument themselves. Sure. A little bit manipulated. But it has been like, who's a bigger icon, movie icon? Harrison Ford or Tom Cruise. My argument is Harrison Ford. And he says Tom Cruise, and he doesn't have a bad argument. Things of like, who would, who would be more recognizable, you know, out in public? And it's like, I, that feels like a wash. I feel like everybody knows what those two look like. But I think in terms of the characters alone, Harrison Ford has a grip, kind of like nobody does. Yeah. Except maybe for like a Sly Stallone or, you know, that's got multiple characters that, that are Man. pretty iconic. What a tough conversation because you also have, on the other hand, Ethan Hunt and Maverick and Jack Reacher. Um, Jack Reacher right. being lesser than the others, but I would say everybody after Han Solo and Indy is also lesser than the others that Harrison sure. Ford has played. I think I think it's so top-heavy. I think Han Solo and Indy alone is enough with any arsenal that you have with like a Tom Cruise yeah. to even argue. I think there's a lot of people that don't know who Ethan Hunt is. I can they know that. the Mission Impossible movies. They don't know the name of the lead. 
I can hear that but, for sure. Yeah. Anyways. Plus, I mean, let's give it to. I mean, Blade Runner as well is pretty iconic. Even if sure. you yeah. haven't, even if you haven't seen the movie, I feel like most people can tell you who starred in the original Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Do you hear my tongue stop working in the middle of the words Blade Runner? I then? didn't. Blah, 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 blah. I didn't. There might be some people who think Harrison Ford's the president, depending on where you are in the world. Like yeah, right so that's now a big deal. They th- like who's right the president? Now. Harrison Ford. He's he's younger than Gosh, Biden. If he? only. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he could be the president. Dosh. The he world's could. waiting. He could do it next. General thoughts. The world's waiting. I liked it, and I didn't think I would. Uh, there's a moment, actually, like a, a set piece about halfway through the movie, uh, which we'll talk about in detail in the spoiler part of our. Uh, above this episode where I kind of had to step back and think, okay, are they, are they actually nailing it? Mm. And I think from that set piece through the end of the movie, they 100% nailed it. And every, uh, every line in the script, every turn of the plot was, was the magic was fully recaptured. I think. Yeah. I, I am, I'm shocked at how much I enjoyed this movie. Even if I hated it, I right now in this moment, I would be. So, I am as happy as I would be <laughs> that yeah, you liked it. I had a great time. Yeah. So much. To me. I I but say this. I, I, say I listen. This I no liked malice. it a lot. I knew you were going to like it. I say it with no yeah. malice in my heart at all. Yeah. I, I think if it was a four, you would have liked it. Sure. I, I think I liked it. Please don't make any more. I think this is the last <laughs> one for me. Well, don't give me uh, any more can, of it. Sure, I liked we can it. Talk about it that great. in the spoiler section, but I, I think there's maybe. Some oh, they're points. going to. Yeah, they're, there's, there's all they're the going stuff to that I more. really yeah. like. I'm like, no more, no more, please, no more. <laughs> That's like Thanksgiving day two. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. even even James Mangold has said that though. Of like, if they ask me to do Indy six, I'm out. There is no way. This was so much pressure to do so Indy five. Much pressure. I did Indy five. I'm happy with the movie we made. Don't ask me to make any more of these, please. I'll sign that petition. Yeah. Shall we spoilerify? We spoilerfy. shall. Let's do it. Give them, give them just a few seconds to get out of here. They're, they're gone. They're gone. Now I can super dump. Oh, okay. The opening prologue with de-aged Indiana oh Jones gosh, is terrible. So That's really hard. Bad. I don't mind the set of the prologue personally. Like I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind the story, the script, everything. Yeah. The, the visual effect of young Harrison Ford with old grumpy Harrison Ford's voice coming out of his mouth. <laughs> that was and him. And him running, Harrison Ford, I noticed this watching Shrinking. Harrison Ford is like a cartoon cowboy with how bow-legged his knees are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And seeing that underneath young Indiana Jones's body <laughs> was like shock. It, it, it was, for, yeah. Jordan, oh you mentioned gosh. Polar Express Big at time. the beginning. It absolutely looked like a Indiana Jones short made by the team who made the Polar yeah, Express. This was incredibly difficult <laughs> yeah, to watch. Was, the de-aged was, Indiana Jones worked Worked better for me in the flashback, like that was like 20, 15 years later when he went sure. to go get the notebook from from Basil. 100%. That worked fine. I actually for me. thought in but still the, like, images the, the de-aged, like when he wasn't moving around and or talking in like the old voice came out, I thought de-aged Indy yeah. looked pretty good until he yeah. moved or the talked. De- yeah. And like the shot they showed in the trailer of them taking the bag off of his head. Like that's clearly the one, even people cutting the trailer were like, this is kind of the only time this works. So let's show exactly. that in the trailer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, when For that sure. first time when it when it happens. It was so, just asking that part felt like it was asking too much of that technology. Like it was like, hey, we yeah. can't do this for this long. And I think the worst thing about spending that much time in an indie, you're spending that in the like real world golden age of Indiana Jones. Like I can't help right. but think about how good Raiders is and how good Temple of Doom is and how yeah. great right. Last Crusade is when I see this indie today in 2023. And so to put that and make it feel like Anastasia a little bit was just like, <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't want that. So I'm because the because the other thing about that is I think the choreography overall in this movie is far weaker than the choreography of the first three Indiana Jones movies. The kind of like uh I think the the greatest encapsulation of Indiana Jones choreography is when Harrison Ford had dysentery. And so he couldn't do the stunts. And so the guy comes out with his sword and does all these sword tricks and Indy just shoots him in Raiders. Yeah. Uh, but the Indiana Jones choreography is like so, uh, it's like the 
a good version of the the barrels scenes in the Hobbit movie, where it's just like yeah, yeah, kind 100%. of people falling falling forward, stumbling forward through a set while a set piece happens around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and this this train, I think they were really really trying to have that kind of like bumbling. Uh, Maguri choreography feel yeah. and they they did not capture it yeah. in the train sequence to me. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, I feel like if if you took Jerry Rice and we're like, we're going to put him in a real game again. <laughs> but you want to make Jerry Rice still look good, everyone else, something's wrong. <laughs> You're like, you are not yeah. playing to… It's like we made, we built a course for current Harrison and, you know, if the balance is we've got to use… But here's the thing too… I forgot how Indiana Jones movies are full of just such superhuman punches and kicks. Like, a, oh, yeah. a good, like that, some like, of the sound, best Hollywood punches effect. are in Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, they're really and good. And everybody yeah. can do it. Everybody, if if they save it up long enough, if they use the blessing that they got from the third divine beast, can use that once every three hours and just punch somebody out of a car, mm-hmm. off of a bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love the cover face with hat, punch through hat move. That's just classic. Oh, God, come on. Yeah. Classic. Um, my super yeah, dump is also the opening 28 minutes of past uh, Indiana it Jones. Long. It was 28 minutes. Um, or 25, 26. It was, it was over 25 minutes. It, it, it was over one-fifth of the runtime of The run theater just hears movie. the beep. Like a, you like brought an actual like, stopwatch for everybody. <laughs> It is it's such a stupid decision to start this movie like this. It just sets the complete wrong tone for everything about the movie. The visuals, the vibe, it just sucks. And it's so long before we even get to what we're actually doing in this movie. And I'm baffled, baffled that we chose to do this in this movie. It's just crazy. Yeah. There is something and, about a decision so like would that you- happening at the beginning that feels like even Yes, yeah. it set the it's tone. Like, this is… Yeah. It set a bad tone for this movie for me. Would we have felt better? So, uh, notably, The Last Crusade starts with a really, really long flashback to Kid Indy played by River Phoenix. Uh, do we, would we feel better about this if it was recast? If it was, I mean, not help. Alden Ehrenreich, even though he's played young Harrison Ford. If it was like the guy who played young Harrison Ford in Age of Adeline, if it was Anthony Ingruber or like, you know what I mean? Like if it's somebody yeah, doing that's a- that's fine with me. At what it's point does it cross sure. into like you're doing a Harrison Ford impression rather yeah. than playing a character? You I know think what I mean? you could still. I, I, de- I don't know how you do this. I still think you could de-age Mads because he needs to be. Because we know yeah. who Indiana Jones is, and we know like who that's supposed to be. But to have a character that we're supposed to see at the begin, like at these three beats of the of the movie, like throughout the movie, like younger and older, go ahead yeah. and de-age Mads because he's. We're not asking too much of him, anyways. His because he they did the same thing to him, right? Because it looks. Yeah, much better on him, who doesn't does. make many facial expressions in general, especially when he's playing a villain. And so it's perfect. Yeah, he just his countenance is terrifying. So just have him there. Well, I think that's a limit of the technology too, because this is clearly under the digital the digital rubber mask of himself. It's clearly aged Harrison Ford on set there. Yeah. Whereas the other notable time we've done this is in the book of Boba Fett when we had young Luke Skywalker there. Yeah. And Mark was on set, but Mark was not often the person who was getting CGI'd over. They had a body double stand-in who was about his same height and build as he was during the time. And I even think that would have worked better here. I thought it worked really well in that episode, by the way. Like, I think we talked about that. It looked awesome in that episode. my, My super dump is off the table, but just to continue the conversation about choreography for two seconds... My, the, the choreography was almost my super dump because it felt like the choreography of this movie more than any Indiana Jones movie I've ever seen was, I love what you said, like Indiana Jones choreography is typically set piece happens while Indy and company magoo their way to safety. But this yeah. movie was like set piece happens while a vehicle keeps Indy and his friends safe for most of the time. Like, it was just like Harrison sure, yeah, which run. is what you have to do when your star is 90 or however old Harrison Ford is. Right, but I feel like yeah. the problem is saying you have to do that because he's old. And it's like, but you didn't have to make the movie, though, is the thing. Like, you didn't even <laughs> right, have to right. make the yeah. movie. You know what? Sure. Yeah, moments like that, too, like with the vehicle being ultimately what saves them, makes me think of probably— there's a few reasons why, and maybe like the little espresso drip of—, of like scene for scene, why I like Dial of Destiny more than Temple of Doom, I'm pretty convinced of that now, is probably the most egregious thing 
that's ever happened in Indiana Jones franchise is riding a raft, a blow-up raft. Uh, Was that uh, in Raiders? No, that's in Temple. That's in Temple of Doom. The most egregious thing that's ever happened is let me climb into a lead-lined refrigerator to survive a nuke. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I'm, well, that's true. That's a, I guess, a vehicle that saved him. But I'm talking about like, right. feels like the scenes are moving. No. Chase type thing. Flying the raft down out of the crashing it's plane. So yeah. yeah. I was just like, that is now it's a comic book, and yes. and that's fine. Raiders can walk that line sometimes, but yeah. I think what I'm saying more than like vehicle specific is just like. Rather than have Indy magoo his way to safety, it's like, let's put Indy safely in this boat and let someone else do the magoo-ery. Yeah. Which, yeah. if we're going to make a later Indy movie, I think going the Creed route of Rocky's here, but he's training and helping, and he's sort of the guy in the chair for the next person. Yeah. And um, we're about to have to head to shout announcements, like pretty much right now, but... If only we had somebody in this movie who showed some charming promise as a potential takeover for Indy's position. Let's head to shout announcements. Welcome to shout announcements. Sorry about that, ghost. It's the part of the show where we make shout, get, give <laughs> shout outs, and make announcements. Make shout outs make and shout, give announcements. Uh, Dang, you got spooked right out of your gourd. You don't even remember what you're saying scary. anymore, dude. The ghost Where was too I? scary. We pretty much only have one thing that we want to talk about, that we want to give time to this shout announcements. Um, and that is something really, really cool that we got to be a part of. Carter, do you want to shed some light on this situation? Yeah. 100%. We were entered into a silent auction to help some friends of ours, uh, Caleb and Courtney, do some fundraising because they're going to adopt. And so in that silent auction, Two Chunks and a Hunk was giving away the opportunity for whoever won this uh, to have full control over what we review on the live feed, the main feed, uh, this coming next week. This coming next week. And Abby Watson won, and she's a, fr- a fan of the podcast. She chose Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, starring one Donny Osmond. Donald. Yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Donald. Hit. Uh, and I'm really, I'm really excited. I yeah, me too. think I've never seen it. I think I'm still going to love this movie. I grew up on it. Cool. We had a video cassette. We had a video cassette of this. We also had a, I'm a pastor's kid. So it was like, oh, hey, you know, let's do it. We can Bible. do this. Bible. Bible. Time. Perfect. Uh, and Andrew Lloyd Webber loves him some some Bible. Um, but we also had this like, like cats. 25th anniversary. It, it was something for Andrew Lloyd Webber in which they had a lot of performers come out, including someone uh, who at the time was playing the Phantom and is in this movie, Antonio Banderas. Uh, people come out and just sing all like uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, Phantom of the Opera. Joseph and the who now? Technicolor, Technicolor Dreamcoat. <laughs> Joseph, Joseph and the Phantom of the <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm excited for this. I am too. I think it's going to be really fun to watch this. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. Before Hamilton and was Hamilton. Great cause. Yeah, great cause. We're back to the show. Sorry. I do more. Can I bring us back in with a super pump? Yeah. My super pump is, uh, well, from the, the tuk-tuk chase uh, on. I think they nailed it. Yeah. I really do. I think that I love that it. chase, like the the Moon Day parade in, uh, I guess it's New York City, right? Is that where yeah, it is? on the horse. The, yeah. the Moon Day parade at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Pretty much everything uh, until they are, there's the three-way vehicle chase where they're chasing Mads, who has half of the dial, uh, and then they are being chased by uh, Helena's, uh, Helena's ex-fiance. Yeah, great. Uh, I think is wonderful. I think that is like, to me, that's the thing that felt the most like Indiana Jones. Sure, and then from there on, it was like, okay, this this actually, the rest of this, like going to Archimedes tomb, like felt like Indiana Jones. Totally. It was great. Like I, I really was shocked yeah, by, I, I was shocked by how well that mm-hmm. worked. I agree. I actually thought the boat with Antonio Banderas and like scuba down yes, to the that's eels. After. And yeah. um, specifically Helena 
revealing that she had the dynamite in her pocket and trying to light it with the cigarette while yeah. she distracted yeah. everybody. I thought that was excellent. That was the boat. That felt like that felt like Karen Allen in Raiders <laughs> yeah. to me. That same kind of like spark, no pun intended. Nice. Yeah, I think the boat, I would say the boat through the tomb, through Archimedes' tomb, is the best sequence, like the best like 30-minute yeah. chunk of this movie to me. Antonio Banderas, third build actor. Yeah, isn't that Six crazy? Six minutes wow. of screen time at most and half of it's in a mask. That's weird. He gone. He beats out Mads Mikkelsen yeah. for billing. Yeah. It's interesting. Crazy. It's interesting. Unreal. Absolutely but, crazy. Yeah, all of that. I mean, there were <laughs> the scene of the eels. That was Chelsea's bathroom break, and she timed it well. Um, yeah. But like the, the eels the, were the glowing red of this some 50-odd gaggle of eels underwater was terrifying and great. Yep. And yeah. Took us to, yeah, like Indiana Jones. The line, the line they're basically like snakes underwater. Yeah. And <laughs> Indy going, no, they're not. Yeah, that <laughs> was great. It was so funny. It was good. I, yeah, love they, a, I love a confident denial for… Um, like like a verbal denial to justify the mental denial of like nothing like snakes, not like yeah. snakes at all. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Yeah, no, I, I really thought the boat sequence, scuba specifically, like when the line was cut, was very scary. I thought all of that was yeah. really thrilling and fun. That was to me, the boat was the first time it felt like an Indiana Jones movie through the Tomb of Archimedes. The ending mm. did not work for me, but mm. like the actual going through time to the Battle of Syracuse was. About the point that I was like, all right, they could run the credits. I think I'm, I'm realizing yeah. a little bit, and you know, this happened after Temple of Doom before Last Crusade Die Hard came out. And so I think there's been a lot of credit given to Bruce Willis for the, that kind of action movie being so countercultural at the time of mm -hmm. being like this more regular dude thrown mm -hmm. into a scenario like that. But I'm realizing how much in terms of a hero, like seeing fears of somebody and seeing weaknesses like that was always Indiana Jones, and I think yep. that was really cool. And I think he's that's a little yeah. bit more influence maybe on on John McClane than maybe would we you guys think. would you guys classify Indiana Jones as an action movie? I think Indiana because Jones. I, I know Harrison action. Ford doesn't. He doesn't. But I I think Indiana Jones is he's a different kind of he's a one B action hero. It's so, I don't know. I would call them. I'd say adventure an adventure movie, and it made watching this made me realize that even though this one didn't necessarily nail it on all fronts for me, I miss adventure movies. I don't feel like we get a lot of adventure movies anymore. And, and I think no, that that genre, not. I'm hoping that what this does is makes enough money to justify some people greenlighting some adventure scripts. Because I mean, they I gave really it a shot think, with Uncharted. We had, we had that vibe yeah. with Tom Holland. Yeah, and Uncharted, um, the games are fantastic. And the Antonio movie, Banderas. <laughs> yeah, he's back. The movie could have been better, obviously, but I that vibe of like, of like, we got to go to this place to, to spelunk, to find this thing, because it's the answer to this riddle that goes here. Like, I love that. And I think so more I of think that would be good. The Da Vinci Code tried that. Uh, sure. I think National Treasure succeeded yeah. at that. 100% agreed. 100% agreed. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the Da Vinci Code is like more serious, right? I think that something with, yeah. I think to have a successful adventure movie in this vein, it requires some charisma and some silliness. Camp. That's yeah, what makes 100%. it. That's why Uncharted works yeah. so well is because Nathan Drake, I mean, obviously it's basically directly inspired by Indiana Jones. Like it's basically the video game yeah. version of Indiana yeah. Jones. But yeah. just the wisecracking, like laughing in the face of death because the other option is crying kind of vibe is so fun to me. And mm -hmm. I think we deserve yeah. more of it. Yeah. yeah. And that and that's just what I think. That's just the, that's what we're thinking about it then. Um I still have a Carter, super have you pumped, super pumped or super Carter dumped? has given us anything yet. Nothing. Carter's playing his cards close to his chest. He's playing his Carter's close to his chest. I will super pump. Yeah. Uh yeah. Wombat. I think same Phoebe. Yeah, Phoebe, yeah dude. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I love way her. To, way to freaking way to actually go here. Like 100%. she yeah. What a She's great. We needed to have a certified caretaker for for Harrison in this in a way. <laughs> but she was it felt like she really likes Indiana Jones movies. Like it felt yeah. like it's one thing cuz Harrison Ford is one of those. Like and we mentioned Tom Cruise earlier. 
that I think just about anyone except maybe like Nicholson or De Niro is geeking out to share the screen with them. Right? Sure. Except right. for like the egos that are beyond ego. And so, especially for someone of her age. And so it felt really cool to see how much fun Agreed. she was having. And, you know, she's dipped into some action adventure before. And it's funny because she was opposite the younger version of him mm-hmm. <laughs> in Solo. Yeah. Uh, as I can't remember the robot's name, but we haven't really seen her in it. And she fits it very well. She's excellent. I was yeah, so, she's great. I wasn't surprised because I just really like her. And I know she's got some range, but we need it. You knew when she was cast in this role, a, a lot of people were excited about this. You know, she's funny. Yep. And she's going to be believable to, she's not really a Magoo. She's kind of the most capable person. It she had like some ocean, this. some 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 Danny Ocean. Some she George had some Clooney Danny Ocean her. vibes, some control the whole time. But her having the relationship that she had with Indy as her godfather, you know, I, I almost super pumped. Just some of the themes were great. You know, yeah. I think we Chelsea was making a comment that that the the script felt like it was holding some cards close to its chest too, because I don't know that we know that Shia LaBeouf dies until later in the movie. The, the scene where that they that yeah, they share on the that. boat when it was mm-hmm. like, what would you tell him if you could go back in time? Wow, yep. what a wonderful! And Harrison like, Ford finally yeah. got to act. Yes, dude. They like, finally legitimately, let him act eventually. Legitimately heartfelt, you know. And you you forget how much Harrison Ford gets to do that as Indy, and he's got yeah. moments as Han Solo. But really, it reminded me of like who he really gets to be in The Fugitive, one of my favorite movies ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. just yep. this distraught. He's lost someone. And it was it was great. I think I think the movie Phoebe Waller Bridge's role, Helena, uh, is a really big part of why I like the movie. I think if she's gone and she's played maybe by somebody else, I don't know. She felt perfect for it, and I don't think Agreed, that's easy completely. to do in a movie with an iconic yeah. character. Well, I think the best outcome I, of this. I movie, think that's the misstep of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is trying to put old Indiana Jones in the central action driving the plot role. Sure. And I think it, it's not that Indy took a backseat in this one, but uh, they shared driving duties. They swapped off every couple hours on their long road trip to the credits mm-hmm. of this movie. And I think you have to do that because yeah. it, I just, I don't, I don't think that he can carry an action movie anymore. Yeah. Unfortunately, which is sad to say, but I, I don't think he can. Wamba, yeah, of she, course he can't. It would be crazy to think Harrison Ford can still carry it. It would be insane. Yeah. To right. Think Harrison Ford well, so the real it. answer is that to stop, to stop making yeah, Indiana Jones. Course, you know what yeah. I mean? I think Helena too, Jordan, before you get to your point, feels the most like the kind of character that Marion was in that she's going to yep. fight. Like she's mm-hmm. tough mm-hmm. and she's capable. Yep. And that's kind of the best person to pair Ford with, to pair Indy with. And so, yeah, very good. Yeah. Yeah, I think the best thing that could come out of this movie is that Phoebe Waller-Bridge is taken more seriously as like a fun actor as well. If you haven't seen Fleabag, it's brilliant. Like 10 out of 10, brilliant. Maybe some of the best writing in anything. And she did it all. She's so fantastic. Um, But then most of her live action stuff has been relegated to she's playing a CG character. Um, I say most of, sorry. The only thing I really know that she's done in this vein is solo. And she didn't get to be Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She had to be the voice of a robot. And I think putting her in this, I hope, shows people how charismatic and fun and how much weight she can carry in a movie like this. Yeah. Because I would love to see her get a chance to flex the fun muscles a little more. Because Fleabag yeah. is a lot of things. It's not fun. It's kind of dark and it's super fun. Did you know she has a screenplay by credit for No Time to Die? I just read that. Yeah. What? So she's familiar with that action, eh? So yeah, she's a, an excellent writer and is is... I think for yeah. a long time was known more for that. But uh, yeah, wow. did not know that. And I, I know I knew she was a, a producer for, an executive producer for Killing Eve, which has its own uh, mm-hmm. kind of levels of action in there too. But it definitely makes sense that something like that would be pretty close to her heart. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Cool. I love that. Way to go, Phoebe. To go, She's Phoebe. awesome. L337. Was her? Yeah, I don't remember. Most iconic about that role. Movie. Most iconic role. <laughs> Lame. Uh, I think. I think getting past the question of why on earth would you make another Indiana Jones? 
because I think the real answer has a lot to do with how poorly received Star Wars has been since Disney bought it. And they're like, man, we spent $8 billion on Lucasfilm. We got to make something that is universally liked. Yeah. And I think they're just trying, trying and trying and trying and trying and trying to effectively manage the properties that they bought. Yeah. Can um, I can I tell you something I'd noticed? And I don't think, well, I don't think this, I don't think this hits that is what I was going to say. I don't think that they succeeded in making something everybody's going to love with this. Because I, I think, like you were saying, that that final movement of the plot, going back in time to the Siege of Syracuse, works just fine for me. But I know, Jordan, it doesn't work for no, you. And I know there's a lot of people that it's not going to work for. I think it's going to be pretty evenly split down the middle of like people are like, yeah, this is no different than like meeting Archimedes himself is no different than meeting a knight of the round table. And then there are people who can be like, no, it is fundamentally different. I land in fundamentally different, I think. it it How? Yeah, and I'm, I'm not saying convince me. I'm not saying how dare you land there because I, I, it's not a, not a ridiculous place to land. Sure. Yeah, I, I think for me... What it boils down to is just the overall... First of all, anytime you get a time paradox, it already goes off the rails a little bit because it's the idea of like Archimedes knew they were coming and somehow knew that they were going to be coming with firepower to help win this war and counting on the fact that it wasn't just going to be some rando that found it and fell through the sky and died on impact. I think he didn't know they were coming. I think it was a Hail Mary of I'm building this device that's going to point someone at some point to this fissure in time. Yes, but also— And I'm going to hope that they come through and hope. Right, but also, in a paradox, he didn't know they were coming, but they were always coming. They were always coming with planes. Right. And he, you know, they had already— the the phoenix with the propellers was clearly the burning plane and all that stuff. I just, yeah. I just think it's a little silly that <laughs> Indy— the the climax of this movie is that Indy is the Deus Ex Machina for the Battle of Syracuse. With I don't know, man. It just didn't work for me. It, it maybe fundamentally different is incorrect because yeah. I don't know that it is fundamentally any different than opening the Ark of the Covenant and melting a bunch of Nazis, or fundamentally any then different than bumping yeah. into a knight of King Arthur. <laughs> like We're drinking, the, I don't, yeah, the cup of the round that, table that Jesus drank from. Yeah. Well. And I think, so for me, I think it's a little bit easier to swallow for me because I've read all of the novels as well as a kid. And it's like in those, Indiana Jones is going and speaking to the Oracle at Delphi. Indiana Jones, if you played Indiana Jones, The Fate of Atlantis, he finds the lost city of Atlantis. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb was a PlayStation game that I played where he meets like this ancient emperor. In the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, they're bookended by uh, an actor playing old Indiana Jones who has an eye patch. Canonically, Indiana Jones's eye was stabbed out with, like, poked out with the hilt of Excalibur. The butt of the sword stabbed him in the eye. A, a guy trying to rebuild the Nazis stabbed him in the eye with Excalibur. So, like, it's wild stuff all yeah. the way down. And so this, it, this just did not. I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. Indiana Jones meets Archimedes. Sure, yeah, I loved it. Except for it wasn't Indiana Jones meets Archimedes. It was Indiana Jones wins the Battle of Syracuse on accident on behalf of Archimedes. I never through got a time the vibe portal like, in the sky. I never got the vibe that that's what helped win the battle. No, it definitely is. That, that's what they were talking about. They were saying that they essentially came through with firepower and defeated the invading army and saved the day. Mm. At least that's yeah. the vibe. I so, got. like the, I think so. And like basically, the the popular notion uh, for the real Battle of Syracuse is that through there, there is no way that that uh, they should have been able to repel the Roman forces, but somehow it worked. And maybe it was Archimedes' big mirrors that he reportedly built. Like all of these, like yeah, historical legends. Busted, like, we don't myth really busted. know how it happened, but but yeah, I guess it was Archimedes in his in his abundant knowledge of mathematics spent his entire life building a device a that would point portal. somebody to a fissure in time as a Hail Mary. Yeah, yeah, sure. He didn't build a time portal, which is important. He built a device that could identify as it. a time portal. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. ultimately, like, what's the point of saying how silly the ending of an Indiana Jones movie? The last yeah. 20 minutes of every sure. Indiana Jones movie 100%. is off the rails ridiculous. Yeah. Is the wildest so, stuff I mean, you've ever seen in your life. It's not even yeah. my biggest problem with the movie, so I don't, I don't want to waste time yeah. Being a curmudgeon about something that ultimately it doesn't really bother me all that much. I just thought it was silly to the point of like, oh, okay, let's wrap it up. But I do want to say that this is a little, it sounds more uh, hum-ho 
Is that what is that a phrase? Sounds more oh, whiny, hum. curmudgeonly. Ho hum. Thank you. Sounds. I don't want to be a hum ho about this, but yeah. If this was MCU presents a new hero called Indiana Jones, and this was the first movie, people would be talking about how much they loved this. Um, because I yeah. think the MCU. I was just thinking about this as we were leaving the theater yesterday. I think the MCU has somehow bought the right in people's brains to make a six out of 10 and say it's really good. And everybody's like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's like, <laughs> right. it was not really good. It was pretty bad actually. And I think that this movie is better in retrospect. I know that we have rated a lot of the most recent MCU movies more favorably than I think of this movie in my head, but I think that's just out of desperation or denial. And I really think this is better than half of the stuff that's come out since Endgame from the MCU. Yeah. And it's just because if this movie had started with, the dun 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 of the MCU, then people would be like, this is an eight yeah. out of 10 great movie. It's not an eight no. out of 10 movie, but yeah. it's just, I don't want to say, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite and say that this movie didn't work for me, but like some other random MCU movie did. No, I think I'm- But you loved Thor Love and Thunder. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I just right. think that, I think it's fair to right. acknowledge that MCU has rating- has its ratings boosted frequently by reputation. Yeah. Where Indy does not. If we kept the bag on Indy's head and he gets to super Magoo his way through that train <laughs> and it just gets to be his voice, does that, is that better or does it feel lazy? It's certainly more, it's not uh, it's lazy. less expensive. Somewhere in between. Yeah. It was yeah. going to be hard to do regardless. I think of it's somewhere in between. We had. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My super, right. Uh, How did we feel about the, the actual, actual ending. Is that what you were going to talk about? Or were you going to super dump? I was going to super dump, but there, there's stuff in here a little bit. Oh, God. I loved the actual, actual ending, save for, like, mm-hmm. the callback. The, it was really, I got emotional. The, the kissing, like, yeah. where does it not yeah. hurt or whatever. Me too, oh, man. man, that was so that sweet. Um, y'all are going to help me decide my super dump. Because one of the things that I I'd don't like, okay. my backup super dump, is that with the trauma of losing her son and being in deep grief, for some reason hearing from their goddaughter that he's quote-unquote back and trusting her that she would know better since she's been 12 to where she is now probably in her early 30s. That's what brings Marion back. She just shows up. Felt too convenient. In a movie that's full of convenience Mm -hmm. for the sake of the movie. Sure. Didn't really like that aspect of it because of how thoughtful the end was. I needed a better reason yeah. for her to come back than just hearing. I think a better story. reason is right there. A better reason is right there. Marion, we're not sure Indy's going to make it. Yes. Like, easy. Right there. Yeah. I think I like, would have assumed, I think that maybe I assumed that is was Is that what reason. it was? Because he'd been shot, the way he'd been shot and whatnot. I maybe. think I assumed that was the reason. I think the fact that he said, that she just said, you know, I heard your back. I guess that could have also meant like I heard you didn't die. I have no idea. Um, yeah, maybe. So maybe that's not it. But the dial of I, destiny. I interpreted it as I heard you're back like mentally. Like I heard you're like, I heard I've got my yeah. husband back. Yeah, you're and here that's again. What, you're that's present what's again. tough yeah. for me yeah. is that it's hearsay that brought her back. After sure. something, every every other player in that storyline is incredibly deep and, and visceral. Yeah. yeah. And, but she yeah. just heard from someone they hadn't heard from likely in a long time. So- uh, that I had some troubles with that. So the Dial of Destiny itself, I didn't understand. And it, it can still be my own subjective personal super dump if I want it to be, but I'd love for y'all to talk me into how it works. I yeah. don't get how we knew where the time rift... It felt like the Dial itself could cause the rift in time. But if like the whole time I was being told it knew where it was... It knew how to find them. Yeah. So I didn't... So the way I understood it is the way that the Nazis thought that it worked is that there was always a rift in time between two locations. Any two locations in time are always connected by a hole in the sky. And so this dial, you're able to dial in, where do I want to go? When do I want to go? And then the outer arm will point you toward the coordinates in the Alexandrian coordinate numbering system will point you toward the coordinates of the rift that will take you to that place. So the rifts... The way that it actually worked is... Go ahead. The rifts always exist. Uh, But the way that it actually worked, the way that Archimedes designed it, is there was a rift in time opening above the Battle of Syracuse, and he had calculated 
with the motion of the planets that the rift would open above the day that the Romans were invading. Mm. And so he created the device that at any point you could dial it. At any point. Yeah, uh, that's what was tough. And me. it would, yeah. at any point in time going forward, you could say, where is the rift, basically? And it would point you to the, that rift. And that's the only rift in time that takes you to that. That's the only time gotcha. that rift has appeared. But there's always, like, since that battle, there's always been a portal somewhere to take you to that battle. Gotcha. That's I, what, that's what uh, Wombat says. It's a false deck. It always leads here. No matter when you dial it, it always leads here. Okay. Gotcha. I, I understood most of that. I think it was just for me, the fact that rifts always have existed felt too convenient. Yeah, I think like that's got to be it. That's, I mean, it's— I dig that. So in that case, then, my super dumb yeah. uh, is that we wrote, for some reason, to judge and make fun of Teddy. He had a straw hat on. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It'll, be, it'll end up being, I, I think, at that hey, point. Hey, I liked like, Teddy. We haven't really talked about Teddy. Teddy was I liked Teddy. I thought Teddy had great Yeah, Teddy was awesome. That's, that's a call. Uh, that feels awesome. like short round vibes. Like, it was, you know, let's get that. And an, how— An excellent, less yikes version of short round. Yeah, very much so. For sure. And also, what a beautiful narrative that, you know— Agreed. He gets to win his Oscar, and now Harrison's going to win an Oscar, and they'll still share the same hug this yeah. year as they did last year. Um, Have you seen the video? Kihui Kwan was invited to the red carpet premiere of this. Have you seen the video of him sneaking up behind Harrison Ford yes. while he's giving an interview to somebody yeah, else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so sweet. It's really, it's really sweet. But yeah, then it would be Marion. Um, why yeah. she came back is is my super dumb because that felt like the most yeah. thoughtful outside of our scene on the boat with Helena. The yeah. most thoughtful scene of the movie. Can I just yeah. say, like, as we're ending here, I'm I'm fine if every CD villain is played by Boyd Hallbrook for the rest of movies of all time. <laughs> yeah, what a yeah, what a great bad guy. Excellent, he yeah. is excellent choice. And how funny because he looks like he could go ahead and be a good guy. He looks like he could be yep. the hero for all things. I think he's choosing. To be like Pierce and Logan, Quinn and Predator. Like, I think he's choosing yep. to, like the Corinthian. If you've never seen Sandman, he plays a bad guy there too. Uh, he really kills that role. I love him as a yeah. bad guy. Yeah, he's a great bad guy. I he's, do oof. think it was interesting how quickly the bad guys resorted to just, like, killing random employees of this university. <laughs> I mean, I know they're Nazis, so, like, you know, in general, sure. bad, yeah. bad people. Um, just, thought it was, yeah. just thought it was funny. Um, can, we, can we rate this movie? Let's do Using it. Using the scientific cinema scale, which is, uh, of course, perfect and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it. Don't lend it. Buy, buy that, that poster. poster. The next best thing is buy it. That's followed by rent it and then stream it. After that is forget it. And last but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I rent The Dial of Destiny. Uh, because of how much it was above my expectations. Uh, because of what awful timing for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull for me personally. To be the... Because... It was working with, and we did talk about how this was 15 years between Kingdom of Crystal Skull and uh, Dial of Destiny. I think it was 19 years or 20 years between Last Crusade and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So wild. But um, it was just bad timing for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull to come after the Last Crusade. Uh, and it felt offensive in a way, to me, to where this gives some of it back to us. I think if this came out in 2008 uh, and we still get to, we can use the Dial of Destiny and have that actually come out in 2008 instead, maybe it's received better. Yeah. Or maybe we were never going to like the fact that we made more of them. I don't know. I don't know. But I still <laughs> right. rate this movie. I do think it ends up being my third favorite uh, in a franchise to even, to even uh, break the ranking of the the original 80s sure. uh, trifecta there was huge for me. Yeah, that's that's surprising. And yeah. so yeah. I rent um it. I'm streaming this only barely to be honest with you. I'll never watch it again. This is a one and done for me and I think that unless you just really want to see it on a big screen, just wait till it hits Disney Plus or whatever. Like it's uh it's fine. It's not offensive. I'll say that. It is 
a better end to the series than Crystal Skull. And for that, I'm thankful. Yeah. This is a high rent for me. Uh, It doesn't quite transcend into buy territory. It really is, to me, just as good as the Rob McGregor Bantam novels. Uh, Rob McGregor was hired to adapt The Last Crusade into a novel and then went on to write six original Indiana Jones stories. Things like Indiana Jones, The Peril at Delphi, Indiana Jones and the Dance of the Giants. Like, this is equally as good as those kind of B-tier Indiana Jones stories. You know what I mean? Like, if this had been uh, made into a video game, I would be like, that's a good Indiana Jones story for a video game. It does not touch the original three for me. Uh, So it's a high rent. Fair enough. In that novel, do they design Henry Jones after Sean Connery's version of him in Last Crusade? Basically, I mean, yeah the 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 Last Crusade was written the the book was written like after the movie was finished. Yeah, I know, but still, someone might choose. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's meant to be an accompaniment to, or just an adaptation. Yeah, it's like the of official novelization okay. of the book. Gotcha. So I had one of those for yeah, uh, uh, Spider Man. I had one of those for Sam Raimi's Spider Man, a novelization of. I had one of those for Spider Man Three that came out like a week before the movie did. <gasps> Uh, and so I read the whole thing before going to see the movie and spoiled it for myself. Mm, a little spoiler. That's like Legos. Seeing Lego sets coming out. You're like, who's yeah. that? Yep. Who's <laughs> this? Which guy is this guy? Or like Funko Pop. And you're like, interesting. There's many different versions <laughs> oh, of Shang-Chi. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> Indiana Jones will have three different hats in this movie. Hmm. One is a scuba hat. Hmm. A scuba hmm. hat. Scuba Indy. Interesting. I love scuba hats. Indiana Scoob. That's a thing. That simply has to be a thing. Indiana Scoob. It has to be. It has to be. That's definitely a thing. Anyway, that's our discussion of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Thanks for playing. Next week, we're going to be... If you've liked this episode, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. And specifically note that Jordan did not want to do this episode. I didn't. He petitioned Carter and I to please not do this I think this I asked episode. you guys and three separate times, are we 100% sure we want to watch this movie and review it? Yeah. Think of all the good podcasts you would have been deprived of. So if anything, it should make it more valuable. Give us six stars on iTunes. can't stop thinking about it. Hey, I liked it better than I thought I would. Yeah. Me too. So. I think we did. I think that's that's kind of the response from everybody is, hey, that was not as bad as I was afraid it would be. Except IGN. I don't know how IGN gave it a 4 out of 10. This doesn't feel like a 4 out of 10 movie to me. I think even the least charitable read of this is not a 4 out of 10. I don't think it's a 4. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That tracks. Part of the showing us Fred. (laughs) What's the subtitle there? Fred Jones what? Fred Jones and the Blade of Bolivar. Not very Scooby-Doo, but that's okay. Um. Next week, it's we're going to be doing Jones. Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, uh, courtesy of a really awesome opportunity that we were so um, happy to be a part of. So, so make sure you you check yeah. that out. It's going to be fun. Uh, to end today, And let me say, that jacket better be so cool, or I'm going to be so bummed that Abby yeah. Watson requested that we watch that movie. It, really better be like it? It? it better be like a cool jacket. Yeah. Must be. Needs to be. To end today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our names and what popular IP we would like to see take on the Indiana Jones format, either satirically or seriously. Vis-a-vis Fred Jones and the whatever of Bolivar. Mm, mm. Sort of like how our favorite funny show Family Guy does Star Wars episodes sometimes. Sure. That's it. Sure. Mm, mm, exactly like that. For two junks and a hunk, my name is Jordan Wonders, and I would like to see Dom Toretto in the Carburetor of Carthage, uh, where Dom yeah. and crew travel through time to receive the ancient Carthage Carburetor of Legend that makes, I don't know what a carburetor is, but it makes the car go faster, even faster than, than ever. Are they, they're going back in time <laughs> to find Carcomedes. Ooh. <laughs> Very good. Also sub in the Corona of Carthage. Very yeah, good. the Corona, the Corona of, the Corona of Carthage, the Corona of Carthamides Carthage, Carth Carcomedes Corona we of Carthage. Doge. Yeah, we lost Doge. He one. died. <laughs> he gone. That's it. I'm stuck in this hole forever. The uh, hole was always there. I'm Doge. He simply just pointed you to it. 
I'm Doge, and I'm actually a little surprised that Community never did an Indiana Jones Ooh, nice. vibe thing with how often they did stuff. Well, they like, did have the how were they of never Doom, uh, the Boulder in Abed That's and Raiders, Troy's yeah. apartment. Oh, Raiders. Yes, Sorry. they did. Yeah, yeah. But I'm surprised they never like went underneath the college to find like the the deed to Greendale, and it's like Greendale's first dean is buried underneath the college. Like that, I feel well, like that would have been to great. Be fair, I would have really enjoyed exactly that. Exactly that. It just wasn't Indiana Jones theme. But there is literally an episode where sure, they go yeah. underneath the college, and the first dean is there. Yeah, to Greendale Computery College. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I'm Carter, and I would have loved a Ted Lasso episode where it was Kansas City Jones to see Ted running around. <laughs> Given given these little like team building moments for the crew, oh dude, he to lost try his and playbook. Steal something, yeah. He lost his playbook. He's yeah, they play it up really well. Find it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Somebody write to Brett. 